Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the Punk and New Wave album review podcast. Greetings, and welcome to the Static Rage podcast, where we review punk and post-punk and other assorted albums. I'm Ben Lindsay. As always, my co-host with the most host is Buzz Will. How are you doing today, Buzz? I'm doing very well this night, Ben. How are you? I'm in a state of mourning, I must admit. Mourning for the sun that never comes, I see. Yes, quite. As I look over the here. And here in Tennessee, where the sun never shines and we have an endless day and night of rain. Indeed. The field of the Nephilim and the never-ending rains that were sent to banish them. If you can't tell, we are doing an album by the band. Fields of Nephilim is their fifth studio album, Morning Sun. It was released on November 28th of 2005. I have not looked up the runtime, because I'm a slacker, but I should have that for Let me see. Yeah, I couldn't find the runtime. Hold on. It Why is, is it not? One hour and four minutes long. It only it has eight, only eight tracks. Yes, one of which is a bonus track that I think was hidden on the actual release, but if you're listening to it digitally like I did, it is listed. Yes, yes it is. Um, I believe the original one did just have seven, and there was the hidden track behind it, so we do have that. So this band, such as it is, is Carl McCoy on vocals and keys, and he was the producer of the album. John Cappuccino Carter, bass guitar, guitars, drums, and keys, and backing vocals. And then we have Scarlett and Eden McCoy, who are the backing vocals on the track, Morning Sun. And with that small uh, bit of uh, bandmates, I just want to say that this is, again, a very, very talented band. Um, Even though when I get into this a little little bit later down the album... um, you may not think so with some of the praise or like thereof might be happening onto them, but they are very good. And I have seen this band live, so I can actually I can speak on this. Because when I first saw them, I had no idea who the hell they were. And I just remember thinking back, going, oh, that's that band I saw. It was not this album. It was before then. I was in high school, um, and I, I had no idea who they were. They were playing in Nashville with another band at the time, and there was a shit ton of people there, and I couldn't figure out why there were so many people. And after I found out who they were, it made sense. But yeah. if, you, if you've ever been to Nashville and been at the, uh, at the Exit Inn, you'll understand it's not a very big venue, but holy shit, we were packed like sardines. I couldn't figure it out until after that night was over with, and then it hit me, oh, this people actually know who this band is. Okay. Indeed. So I had heard some of this before, but it had been their earlier stuff. Probably Nephilim, maybe Dawn Razor. And I didn't go back and listen to them, so I had an idea of what this band was. So, But I, I prefaced that by saying that this didn't sound like I remembered them sounding. And maybe those albums do sound closer to this one. 
since I didn't go back and re-listen to them. But I was expecting more of a punkish, gothic rock vibe. Not quite as much metal as I got with this. Which, don't get me wrong, I love metal. So that wasn't a problem, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, that's something that I think shocks a lot of people when they first hear this album. Um, their earlier stuff is very much dated, but in a good way. It's, it is dated. It, it does sound very 80, 80s-ish. And in some ways, I know people tend to get them confused with Sisters of Mercy. Um, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with, um, with the vocals. Uh, when Carl sings, he has a very graspy... Uh, almost angry voice it, it, to me it almost sounds like someone's trying to choke him while he's singing if, if that makes sense to some of you out there um and it's very similar into what andrew eldridge sounds like which is very good for this genre of music um what i will say is that while they are a goth band um they are first and foremost a rock band and you really get that feel here because this album while it is still technically goth feels more like it's metal than a goth album yeah uh, symphonic metal, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Mm, I didn't quite... It's a little... That's not a bad way to put it. I, I wouldn't quite... I usually uh, associate symphonic metal to stuff like Symphony X or um, Diabolus in Musica. So I didn't necessarily make that connection. But... Fair enough. Um, there are definitely theatric elements into it. So that is without a doubt. Yeah, they uh, they feel like another band that some people... Well, I wasn't going to associate them with Dream Theater because that's not fair. Um, but there's like there's this other like gothic metal band out there that's more mainstream. Like Their name escapes me right now. I cannot think of who they are. Are you thinking of Typo? No, no, Typo... Typo feels more feels more metal to me. I know a lot of people associate Typo with being goth, but I think that's because of Peter, uh, not Peter, yeah, Peter's uh, stage presence more than anything else and his singing mm -hmm. style, rather than the band, because they really do sound like more like a metal band. But no, um, if I can remember by the end of the podcast, I'll blurt it out. Sure. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, just just that. That was uh, that's where I was going with all this. Um, I. I I really think um, I, I, I think they get associated with uh, Sisters of Mercy a lot, and I think it's unfair because they really do have a different sound. Um, I feel like Sisters of Mercy got the better end of the deal because they are more well-known, whereas Fields of the Nephilim, unless you're really into this kind of music, you're probably not going to know who they are. And so going with that into this, if you've never heard this band before, um, just be prepared, and that's why I, I mentioned uh, Carl's vocals, is because you either like them or you won't. And I've, I'm one of these people that if I heard him just singing a cappella, I'd be like, who the fuck is killing that cat? Please make it stop. <laughs> but because he's singing with his style, it really does fit. And it's the one thing about goth music, when it, and I know they're not really a, a goth band at this point, but let's just, I'm going to call it as I see it thing about goth is there's one of two things happening. Either it's very beautifully written lyrics and the singer is fucking amazing, or they're very beautifully written lyrics and the singer doesn't sing very 
I'm not going to say very well, but he doesn't sound as beautiful as you might think he should be. Um, and it clashes. And it clashes in a way that's a, that's good because you have the beautiful and the atrocious coming together and mixing. And that, to me, is always what goth felt like when I was younger. It didn't always have to be overly beautiful or just like, oh, it's another rock band with dark lyrics. It's the clashing of two things coming together and working. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that there's a, a dynamic tension of that clashing in this music and in this band, at least on this album. Again, having not gone back and listened to the earlier stuff, I do think that McCoy has a very interesting voice, and I can see your the connection to Eldridge there. Um, to me, he sounds like one of these guys who's doing the growled vocals that are, are I find synonymous with death metal you know, the, the cookie, cookie monster growl kind of thing. And he doesn't, he, I kind of wonder how his vocal cords are after all these years of doing it, which granted, this is only their what? I think I said fifth studio album. Yeah, it's, and, it's the fifth album. Yeah. Um, which isn't a whole lot of output considering the band formed like in 85. So between 85 and 2005 to have put out five albums, there seems to be a lot of downtime. Now they have released some EPs and stuff in there as well and done touring, but I, I bet that this singing takes quite a toll on his voice because some people, when they're doing this fry vocal, this growl, you can tell they're doing it in a way that doesn't, doesn't necessarily affect their vocal cords. He doesn't sound like he's doing it that way. I'm just going strictly off by sound. I don't know. But to me, it, he sounds like he's one of those singers who is really pushing um, the limits of his voice box and his, the, the vocal cords in the throat to do it, whereas some singers who do it do not. Yeah, I, that's – I don't know. It seems like he's stretching it to me, like he's almost trying to force himself to sound like that. Um, and, and whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I'll, I'll leave up to the individual listener, but – I really do feel like it's more of a uh, it's 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 it almost sounds like he's straining in a way, especially some of the tracks on here um, that he didn't used to. And I wonder if that might be his age coming out, um, which I'm sure has something to do with it. As we all age, our voices change. Um, but at the same time, it's almost like, man, I I like it fits sometimes. And other times I'm just like, I, I, I really wish you wouldn't try to growl as much for lack of a better term because i think you could do more a little more with that voice yeah i do think that this could have benefited from some more clean singing or some other kind of vocal inflection other than just the growl and and that's that's kind of where i'm at with all this is um i think there's a lot more in this band in total it's not just album there's more to this band that could be done and Part of me wonders, again, like we talked about in our last podcast, if David from uh, Depeche Mode were doing the vocals, how much different would this band be? Would it matter? Would it change anything? If it did change, would it be for the better or for the worse? Um, I, But with as dark, again, for lack of a better word, as the lyrics are with a lot of Fields and, Fields and Nephilim songs, I honestly wonder if the more beautiful voice wouldn't work as well. I can only speak for myself on this. I think I would enjoy it more if David Gahan was singing on this. 
But I think if I was a bigger fan of Fields of Nephilim and had been with them like patiently or impatiently awaiting each new release, that I probably wouldn't like it because it would be such a departure because this has been kind of part of the sound for a long time. Um, and lyrically, I love what this band does. I do. I mean, a lot of what they write is about magic or the Cthulhu mythos or Sumerian legend, and I will eat that shit up with a spoon, as you very well know. Um, so I love that. I love the color palette that they're painting with their lyrics. That said, uh, before we get into some of the songs, I was not impressed by this album. I just have to say it. Um, I didn't realize that it was basically just two dudes doing all of it. So mad props to them for making it sound like it was a full band of people as opposed to two guys putting everything together. So that actually impressed me when I found that out. But I was expecting to like this a lot more than what I actually wound up liking it. So when we, let's do full disclosure before I go into this. When Ben and I were trying to pick which album we wanted to do, I couldn't decide which one would work best. I, I, I almost wanted to do their first album, but at the same time, I'm like, man, we've, we've done that to so many bands. Um, because we're nerds, we took a D6 minus one and rolled it, and it came up as number five. So we said, hell with it, let's just do this. Um, so full disclosure there. Um, and I bring that up because I wonder if we had done some of their earlier albums, if we would have liked it better. I'm in the same boat with Ben. I, this album didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, at least lyrically. Um, just this is what I would this at least this album is what I would consider good background noise. This is if I was going to be gaming with a group, I would have this album on. But at the same time, that's I do the same thing with another little uh, group called Midnight Syndicate, which is a synthesizer group that I we might we might touch on here and there uh, sometimes. Definitely. But that would it's like very to. it's it's very good background music. It's not very good like experience music. Um, I kind of, and it's hard for me to say that because I do like their earlier albums. This felt like it was just them trying to hold on to something. And I mean that with the most respect because musically I enjoyed it. it it's, it's something I'd enjoyed. I was able to experience that much of it. But when, man, when Carl starts singing, I'm just like, you, you just took me out of it. This is one of the very few times where I wish there would have been no vocals on each track, and I feel like I would have actually thoroughly enjoyed it. But because the vocals were there, it took me out of it way too much. There is an album that came out this year, 2020, by a German black metal band called Dark Fortress that has a lot of the same lyrical content that I think does what Fields of the Nephilim was trying to do with this album, but does it much, much better. Um, so it's not that I don't like this kind of music or this presentation. I do, but I agree with Buzz. There was just something about this, and maybe it was the image of what the old Fields of Nephilim was in my head, that this just, for one thing, let me go on. These songs, almost all of them are just too long. You know, like I said, this is an eight-track album that is an hour long. You can do the math there. And whereas I'm not opposed to long songs on occasion, I really think that you, an entire album of them, it really needs 
to be more dynamic than it is on this because this has a lot of slow trudging songs and that just makes the time seem like it's even longer and that's part of my problem with it was just the the fact that it was like is this song still going on the cool parts are cool but they just get stretched out so much that they start to wear on you again in one man's opinion in two men's opinion because that's essentially how i felt about it um I don't like, I don't mind long songs. I really don't. Um, people that know me know I am very much an Iron Maiden fan. And one of their songs, Rhyme the Ancient Mariner, is like, what, 15 minute song, something like that, something insane? Yeah, something like that. I enjoyed that. But guess what? That's one song on an album that has slower, has like uh, speedier songs on it. Dude, nothing, This the shortest song is the first is the first one. That's like five minutes and 44 seconds. Um, yeah. Everything else is like six, seven, nine, ten minutes long. Dude, I get it. I, I, I enjoy the, the artistry that goes into some of this, but holy crap, man. I, you, I felt like some of these could have been split up a little bit more. You could have had more, more, more tracks on here, less time given, and perhaps been a little bit more in, enjoyable. And I don't mean that I don't mean that this wasn't enjoyable at all, but I just, I don't know, man. Something about it. And it might have been the length, but something about it just didn't stick with me. I don't know why. And I hate to say that because I actually do genuinely enjoy this band. Yeah. And it's not a sole product of length because my favorite track on here is the title track, Morning Sun, which is the last credited track if you were listening to it in physical format. And it's 10 minutes and 35 seconds. And I didn't, that didn't bother me at all. But the fact that you have like three, well, four songs before it that are all like 7.58, 7.21, 7.33, 9.26, and then you go into the 10 minutes track. It, it is a bit of an endurance test. So for the most part, I couldn't just sit down and listen to it. I had to listen to it when I was driving around. That's the only way I could like force myself to get through all tracks. I don't like doing that. I honestly feel like because of that, it it's going to make me be a lot more negative than I perhaps should be about this album but man i just that's what it did for me and i again full disclosure i like i like long songs i like bands that do that this one each song had its own theme and guess what it's the same freaking theme throughout it doesn't have any changes um carl doesn't go up or down any octaves it's all kind of bland to me um and i again i hate saying that because if we could just take take some of this and slow it down i feel like this album could have been a lot better um in a lot of ways but because it wasn't i just it, it left me feeling kind of like well, what that's it yeah is that really it i mean that's that's how i felt for the most part yeah now, do you have anything else you want to say about any of the, the songs uh Man, not really. Uh, I will say, honestly, Morning Sun was good. I did like uh, Siberia. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, in the year 2525, it was kind of catchy, but it just went on too damn long. Yeah. No, um, I thought that was a really interesting hidden track. I liked yeah, it, too. I, I did like it. I just didn't think it was amazing. And we're going to get into that here in a second, probably. Yeah, honestly, I thought that the last half of the album, like you, starting with Siberia, She, Morning Sun, and the year 2525, I thought all of those were pretty good. The first four tracks uh, didn't really do a whole lot for me, though. 
I feel like we've covered as much as we can, unless there's anything else you want to add before we move on to grading. No, I, I think we are like, to the point of grading. Well, would you like to go first then? Um, certainly. I'm going to give this a C minus. And it's only because there are, even despite the fact that I thought four of the songs were fairly good, they weren't good enough, I guess I should say, to come up with the overall shortcomings that I've already said. Because even the good songs uniformly were too long and kind of numbing, and I would find myself wishing that they had cut two minutes out of, at least. Um, on This is one of those weird things, because if you, if you looked at it on paper, if I looked at the, the cover of the album, it's got a cool album cover, you'll see it as a thumbnail. And you go, hey, this is going to be a gothic metal album that touches on some very dark themes. I would have been like, sign me up. This is going to be great. But the execution, there was just something about it. I mean, Doom, as a musical genre, is known for their long songs and the, the, the just kind of repetitiveness of the riffs and that they're slow. And as a general rule, I like Doom. But this, this is its own beast, and... It was not a beast that I particularly enjoyed my time with. So therefore, a C minus. So, musically, because I know this band is capable of doing a lot of things, uh, even in the past when they had more members. Um, musically, the music isn't bad. Like, I, if I, again, I go back to what I said. If there were no vocals in this, if it was just music and background noise, I'd actually rate this thing pretty high. Um and if I'm going just by that, my little two rank system here, um, I would actually give this thing a C plus. However, because of the lyrics and because of how damn long these songs were and because it droned on and because I know they can do better. Um, the final execution of this album for me, I, I, I'm going to give it a D plus. I'll go that low for it. And I hate to say that because I actually do enjoy this band. Um, for a lot of the reasons that Ben mentioned, but I'm a lot more harder on it because I know they can do better. And it just felt like to me, this got a little lazy. It felt like this was struggling to felt like it was struggling for them to like to stay relevant. And that bothers me when bands do that. Um, and again, I, I made the, the association between no sisters of mercy and also midnight syndicate. I feel like this album probably should not have been released uh, or at the very least it should take more time with it. Or, again, just realized, hey, you guys are not up to snuff like you used to be. It's cool that you still want to make music, but, you know, you, you've, you've got to know this is not going to be anything special. And it was less than special. So, that's where I'm at with this. I think you bring up a very interesting point there by saying if this had just been an instrumental album. Because then it would have had... I, I, I still don't know that there was enough dynamics within the music itself to have made me give it a much higher grade. But that reminded me of Black Aria. And granted, Black Aria is an all-orchestral album that Glenn Danzig wrote. 
But I thought, think if they took what they did with this and did something akin to that with it, I would have liked it much, much more. I'm glad you brought brought the Black Aria. Uh, for those who don't know, um, Glenn Danzig is a is a fucking amazing artist, and he also does composes his own music. And the Black Aria is essentially a I forget how many tracks it is, but it's about the fall of Satan. But there's no vocals on it. It's not metal. It's actually a very orchestral um, album that comes out, and that's kind of, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was saying that this. Like, if they had left the lyrics off, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Um, well, I think this, they kind of taken the lyrics and put them in there as like as inverse interludes. So you have like a track, and then you have like him reading the lyrics because it's not like the lyrics are massive and, and to build up the runtime of these songs. And, and then did kind of that as like reverse interludes between some of these songs, and it would have been really cool because it would have been like setting the stage for the next musical piece. Yeah, and funny enough, that's kind of what um, that's kind of what Midnight Syndicate does with a lot of their stuff. So they have that little interlude between, and they they might have a little bit of spoken word. It's not very long, and then bam, you're in the you're in the musical background. Um, but yeah, that's I'm I'm I think we both kind of picked up on that, man. If this had just been a music album with a little bit of spoken word in between, I I probably would have graded this higher. Yeah, I know I would have, or at least I assume I would have, assuming that. Uh... The music just wasn't terrible. I honestly, Buzz, I, I want to say this. I want us to come back and do one of the earlier albums by this band because I remember liking them pretty well. And so this has left me kind of off-footed that I did, didn't like this album as much. I don't know when we'll do it, but I would like to revisit them. I, I would agree with that. I think we should. Um, I, I really feel like, as just from what I've listened to, I think their first two albums are kind of the better ones. And... And, and another thing, I won't I won't get into that because we're not talking about those albums. But the one thing I do want to touch on, um, aesthetically, the way this band is, um, with this album, you didn't get it as much. But with their earlier albums, um, in our last podcast, we talked about the uh, the personal Jesus video that Depeche Mode did, and it was kind of very much like a spaghetti western feel. The band wore they wasn't really what you would call a cowboy hat but it had the straight hats like you like the the man with no name wears in those films yeah um they all had that they had like a, a wild west theme going it honestly felt all like a steampunk feel and this is back in the 80s um and i know the aesthetics don't always play into music but seeing it and especially on the first album especially it really felt like i have a there's like a like a dark spaghetti western theme going on and to another band who I know we're going to talk about because we've talked about it, um, there's another band called Ghoul Town that we'll get into eventually that like plays mm -hmm. to that very well. Um, yeah, and I really feel like they could have they should have kept going with this, and because they didn't, it's almost like this album was like it could have been standalone. And I've said this before with different bands. Um, there's bands that when they take a break and come back, should change the name and it's not because they're they're bad it's like the feel or the themes that they were going for with the, with when they were younger aren't there so because you have um a different theme because you have a different feel it doesn't feel like that band anymore um that's what it felt like to me this did not feel like the fields of the nephilim this feels like two guys from fields of the nephilim got together and did a a collaboration album yeah yeah that's fair. Um, and I think that sums it up pretty well. Because I agree that they did kind of have that aesthetic thing that was going on. 
So yeah, that sums up my feelings on it perfectly. I definitely do think we should revisit one of their earlier albums. Um, so that's going to be my final thought about this. Good deal, my brother. What are we doing next time? Oh, next time. What are we doing? Oh, I think we're going to be talking about a a certain band that is probably very popular in the punk community. Um, I would not say the most popular, but Everyone's probably heard about them. They have a very interesting name that tends to offend some people um, because it involves a certain dead president, a certain president that was killed in Texas. And his dead brother. Actually, I guess both. And his dead brother. Dead now, but yeah. Which I will happily get into what that name actually means um, because it isn't just meant to offend people. Right. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the uh, dead Kennedys and we're going to be talking about fresh fruit for rotting vegetables which is, full disclosure, one of my favorite punk albums. And is, I think, a good palate cleanser from this one, because whereas this, and they're probably roughly the same length, but man, does Dead Kennedy not let any dust settle on any of their songs, because they are all in and out really, really quick. Definitely, definitely. I can't wait to talk about that album next week, sir. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Me too. All right, man. Thank you for talking about this album with me and thank you everyone out there for listening we hope that you have enjoyed the ride if you are like super into this album and want to give us all kinds of shit go right ahead we always like to hear your opinion on the album so we talk about and i don't really have anything else today do you buzz no the only thing i'm going to say uh to add to that is as with always this is just our opinion um your opinions are good of course going to vary if you get turned off of this band because of this album, please don't. I would encourage you to look into some of their other things because they can do a much better job than what we talked about. Yeah, and that's actually what the, one of the main reasons that I wanted to do another one of their albums. If, if I had never heard one of their earlier albums and remember liking it, and we did this one, I wouldn't want to do another. It would dissuade me from picking up another one of their albums, but I do want to go back and listen now and see if my memory's just fucked up, or if I actually did enjoy that stuff better. Indeed. Well, until next time, I hope you have a good night. Hope everyone stays safe, and uh, if you're going to do unsafe things, just remember that it's on you and no one else but you. Indeed. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs> Always wash your fucking hands. Even wash other before... body parts, too. Even before all this crap started, wash your fucking hands, for the love of God. Bastards, wash your shit. I swear to God, if I have to see one more person walk out of the men's restroom that just took a shit and didn't wash their hands, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. And by the way, I will call you out on that if I see it. I will follow you outside into the store, make everyone aware that you did it, because you're a nasty ass, you don't give a shit about other people, so fuck you. I'm glad that you are, are keeping yourself very composed and constrained but i i don't i don't play around with stuff like this people that know me know that no it nor should you because even in a like you said even when it's not a time of pandemic you should wash your shit because you can pass all kinds of other stuff even if it's something as relatively minor as pink eye or a cold or the flu which is not necessarily minor so Stop thinking about yourselves or other people we share the planet with. I'm not saying you have to necessarily be be a super caring person, but if no one else, think about your 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 spouse, your kids, your parents, etc. Think how they'd feel if you got them sick. Yeah. Think about how you'd feel if you got them sick.
Think about how you feel if someone else got you sick because they were doing the exact damn same thing you were, but they actually had something. Yep, yep. And I guess that'll be all now. That will be all. My rant is now over. Until next time, we <laughs> have a lot to say about that album. Yeah, no, that's going to be a lot of fun. Join us then. Stay safe. Good day, good night, wherever you may be. I do, we do.